Good morning. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning. There you go. Just think about all the reasons it's good. Number one is there's air conditioning. <laughs> That's a really good reason in here. I have some announcements as I welcome you here this morning. Wonderful Wednesdays will continue this week. Uh, preschool and elementary kids are invited to join us for a paint party from 9 a.m. to 12 noon on this Wednesday, July the 11th. Sign up by filling out the form in the church bulletin and dropping it in the offering plate today or by contacting Katie Jeter. Now next Sunday is when I will begin going around to the Sunday school classes. If you have, um, uh, if you want me to come and visit your Sunday school class for Q&A and just get to know each other, call the office, call June, let her know if your Sunday school class has a preference. Uh, and then I will come that particular Sunday. And if you're not in a Sunday school class, now's a good time to join a Sunday school class so we can get to know each other better. Next Sunday is the reception for Pastor Brenda and myself from 2 to 4. Uh, this, today, I'm, uh, Brenda's having her, re her reception, so I have to skedaddle. I told her, I said, I'll probably get there about in time to watch you clean up the plates, <laughs> get all the way down to Woodruff. But um, that's next Sunday for us. Summer Music Camp, July the 30th through August the 2nd. Jessica is going to be doing biblical stories through instruments. Camp is open to students in grades K uh, 5 through 5. And parents and friends may join us for dinner theater performance Thursday, August the 2nd. So please mark your calendars. And if you'd like to know more, register call June in the, in the church office. Uh, I thank you for those. There's been a great uh, number of people who volunteered to be lay readers at this service. And I understand that Max Merritt, where are you, Max? You here somewhere? Okay. Max Merritt is, um, and his sister, I understand, had to do a contest because they both wanted to do it first. How about that? I think that's great, that kind of enthusiasm. And so Max will be our first one. But I've had several people call, and if you'd like to... Uh, read the first scripture, be part of the service, lay reader, just to let you know in the office. Now I was given some information by the membership committee um, that there's some people have signed that they would like to join the church. These uh, have come in prior to, to me coming here, so I'm not sure, but I think maybe they, they haven't joined the church yet. But I don't know everyone, so I'm just going to read their names. Paul and Olympia, Eddie, Mike and Sybil Smith, Craig and Shelley Reese. Now, if, if you are, if y'all are here, or I'll announce this 9 o'clock too, just let me know, and uh, I need to talk to you directly about that. And anyone else who maybe had signed that they would like to join the church prior to my arrival, uh, if you would just email me. Now, I'm going to give you my email address, and you can, anybody, anytime can email me, ask me questions, uh, you know, ask me a theological question or just t tell me something, whatever they want me to know. But it's real simple. So every one of you who do email, it's really simple. UMCREV. UMC, which is United Methodist Church, REV Rev. UMC Rev. UMC Rev at gmail.com. UMC Rev at gmail.com. And I'm also on Facebook. I've had a lot of you friend me. And if any of you want to friend me on Facebook, you can. Uh, that's, uh, so just look me up and friend me. All right. And our mission uh, group is going off on our mission trip this coming Saturday. We prayed over the leader and some of them at the 
early service. Are there any of you part of that mission team that's going next week? Raise your hand. So that's all. They're not either. You're not here, or they're at the early service. Okay. Well, we want you all to remember to pray for them and to uh, remember always to utilize your your. Uh, your option to pray. Praying is such an important part. As in my, in my newsletter, I said, worship is the most important thing we do. Prayer is the second most important thing we do. And I visited the prayer group this uh, past week, and I'm, let me tell you, uh, you are being prayed for. Uh, if you have a prayer request, you will be prayed for, and it will be confidential. So please make use of that. That's all I have. Thank you. Let us begin our worship together. With you. Let us pray together. God of wind, word, and fire, 
We bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. May that same Spirit enable us to praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth. Through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
may be seated. Let our children come forward now for a children's time. Good morning. I'm so glad you guys came down. <laughs> Have you, do you know what the word capture means? Trap something? To trap something? Yes, when you're captured, you're trapped. Now, I happen to know that I sit in the best seat in the choir every Sunday because I am captured, and here's why. This is what I see. <laughs> I look through this music stand at the minister every Sunday, and there's a, there's a hymn called um, Make Me a Captive Lord. Well, I am captivated every Sunday because that's what I see, and it actually is a good thing because it helps me pay attention. But then I was thinking about what it means if you're not captured. Okay, what, if you're not captured, what do you have? The ability of freedom? Yes, you have freedom. Well, then I was thinking about the sermon, the children's sermon last Sunday when we were talking about um, the, the flag and you said the pledge to the flag. And I was thinking about what means freedom on the flag and that's the stars and stripes. Can you hold this for me? Thank you. Do you see these stripes? The stars and the stripes stand for freedom on a flag. But then I was thinking about how the stars and the stripes also reminded me of Jesus. Because when Jesus was born, there was a star that shone over his place where he lay, and the wise men followed it. And then I was thinking about the stripes. And the stripes made me think of Jesus too, because right before he was crucified, the Roman soldiers beat him and left stripes on his body. Now, John 8.34 says, Jesus replied, you are slaves of sin, every one of you, and we all are. And John 8.36 says, so if the Son sets you free, you will indeed be free. Well, D Jesus died on the cross to set us free. So whenever you see a star... I want you to think about Jesus and how he died to set us free. He set us free from our sins. And here's the star. And I have one for you all to take this morning after we say our prayer. Okay, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending the star so that we could find Jesus. And thank you for giving him the courage to bear the stripes to set us free from our sins. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
scripture reading this morning is is Psalm 32. Uh, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is not deceit. Uh, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away from through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and brittle, bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad you're righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. The word of God for the people of God. Aren't you all proud of this young man coming up here doing this? Thank you, Max.
direct your attention to all the prayers that are uh, requests that are listed in our bulletin as we begin this time of prayer. Let us bow our heads in prayer. <coughs> o Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Great are you, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. And with all the earth we come together in joy to praise your holy and glorious name. Your steadfast love moves us to worship you, the God of our days and forever. You send your message of new life that we might be the people you have called us to be. But we must confess in our foolish ways we become more concerned with the one who brings the message than with the truth of your word. You exploit our weaknesses to keep us humble, but we just complain. We believe we should find our own strength rather than relying upon yours. And when we do that, we find that we always fail. For the transgressions we have committed against you and one another, forgive us, O God. Send your spirit to overcome the frailties of the flesh so that your message of life may be heard. Open us to receive that power so your word of salvation may take root in us and bear fruit in the world. Just as you sent your disciples out into the world to bring the good news, we pray that you would send us, that we also would be bearers of the good news. And just as you healed many, we pray your healing hand this day. We pray for relief of suffering for those who struggle with the disease of the body and fill those whose spirits are low with your hope and strength. We pray for each one who are listed on our prayer list and for those that we name in our hearts now. In your mercy, you have sent shepherds to care for your flock and to keep them safe. Hear us now as we pray in the name of that great shepherd who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let our ushers come forward as we continue our worship with the receiving of our tithes and our offerings.
seated. That's one of my favorites of the newer hymns. <coughs> Gospel lesson today comes from Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. This is going to be a very familiar parable to you, the parable of the lost son of the prodigal son. I like to call it the parable of the loving father. I changed versions so that you can follow me now in your pews. I changed to the NIV, which is what you have in your pews. And so the page number should match up. So I hope you will, will follow along with me in the Bible there in your pew. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state. And so he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that drew us here to worship today and that is with us even now through, your, through the gathered people and the word and the scripture and the songs and everything that makes up worship for you. And Lord, we pray that that same Holy Spirit would guide us now as we seek to understand for our time. Amen. Well, can you imagine the emotion around the household of the prodigal son. Can you, I mean, after all, he was asking for the will to be read before his father had even died. Maybe the younger brother had had enough of his perfect older brother. Who knows for sure, but the son could see the, the distant city, and so he left to pursue his dreams. Now, having a dream and finding it are two different things. But I don't think we should fault this young man for reaching for his dreams. The loving father didn't. After all, no reach means no risk. And no risk means no dream. And people who don't dream 
are in a rut. And a rut, my friends, is only a grave open on both ends. Now, our dreams sometimes crash, but that is not any reason to fear to dream or to fear to try. One year in the neighborhood in which we happened to live, we were inundated with trick-or-treaters. We had brought, uh, bought several pounds of candy, but it gave out, and still the ghosts and the goblins and the witches came. So we started giving them fruit. I know mamas don't like that, but that's all we had, apples and oranges and bananas. We ran out of that. So I started giving them canned soft drinks. <laughs> and finally, we were down to just buying a sausage and pork and beans. <laughs> and they kept coming. And this one little sweet girl that we knew came to our door with her mother and I apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry, all I have to give you is a can of cream corn. <laughs> but I noticed that the little girl didn't really have a costume on. She was just standing there without any makeup or anything. So I asked her mother, I said, what is she supposed to be? And the mother said, oh, she's a witch, you know, and winked her eye, like, can't you tell? She's a little witch. So I said, well, honey, where is your costume? And she looked up at me and she said, it scares me. <laughs> Friends, we must not let imaginary things scare us from finding our dreams. We must not. And too many times we let those imaginary things keep us from dreaming big. The second thing I think we can learn from this episode with the prodigal son is to be realistic. You see, the son crashed out in the world. In a short time, he, he saw his dreams vanish. He found himself literally living with the pigs. Now, when I was growing up, my grandfather had pigs, so I know what this is like. I don't know if any of y'all ever were around farms, but you don't want to be in the pig pen with the pigs, okay? Trust me. But when you're down in the pig pen of life, that does not mean that you are a failure. It just means that your life is not going the way God would want it to go. And it is those times that we need to recognize more than ever that Christ is with us even there in the muck. And it's those times we must remember that not only is Christ with us, but Christ wants us to remember who we are and whose we are. You see, there's nothing wrong with dreaming. But if the dream goes bad, the answer is not to stay in the pig pen. The answer is to remember. And so the young man knew he was no longer worthy to be called a son. He knew he'd taken his inheritance and blown it, but he started to remember. And it's in that remembering of home. It is in that remembering of who he is that he begins to change. And he begins to change from someone who wants something for himself to someone who wants to give to others. And so the son heads home. But I want us to realize another important point. Our dreams do not have to be found somewhere else. Instead of dreaming of a new place to make our dreams come true, we need to first look to make the dreams that we have happen where we are. I believe failing to do this is the mistake that the son made in the first place. Failing to dream where he was. 
You see, my friends, you can make that career into what you've always dreamed of it. You can make that relationship into what you've always dreamed of it. You can make this church into all that you've ever dreamed it to be. If we take the opportunities around us to work on our dreams where we are, where we are. One day a friend of mine was leaving his house and his next door neighbor was leaving too. The next door neighbor grabbed his wife in a passionate embrace, kissed her for what seemed like an eternity and he finally released her and he said goodbye. My friend's wife was observing all this and she hollered at her husband as he was leaving. She says, why don't you do that? And my friend shook his head and said, I hardly know that woman. <laughs> your dreams begin in your own backyard, not in somebody else's backyard or front yard, in your yard. It's God's joy that we find our dreams. When we reach for our dreams, we must do our best. We must do our best. Former President Carter, who I've come greatly to admire in his retirement, had a dream of becoming a nuclear submariner. Young Ensign Carter remembers being called into Admiral Rickover's office for an interview. Carter writes, I snapped to attention. I stated my name, rank, and position in my graduating class of the Naval Academy, end of quote. The Admiral just continued to look at the paper, never acknowledged Carter Never acknowledge his presence, nor his salute. Finally, after a long silence, the admiral said to Carter, he said, did you do your best? And Carter writes, and I quote, I knew that to answer truthfully, I had to say, no, sir, I have not always done my best. And so that's what he said. Well, with that, the admiral picked up his paper and started to leave. And every step that he took, Carter writes, I saw my dreams going out the door forever. And just as Admiral Rickover reached the door and started to turn and leave, he turned back for a moment and he looked at Carter and he said for the first time, he said, why not? Why not? If you haven't done your best, why not? If you are not doing your best, why not? Are you doing your best for Christ? Are you doing your best for Christ's church? Are you doing your best in your relationship and in your job and in your school? Are you doing your best? If not, why not? My friends, we need to dream our dreams. We need to make them happen where we are. We need to be realistic. We need to remember who we are. And finally, we need to do our best. There was a couple who had gone away to get some rest and recreation in the Smoky Mountains. And they stopped in a little restaurant in a little small town. And they sat down in a far corner. Well, a few minutes later, a, a man came in and he started going around to each table stopping and talking. Well, the couple, you know, they crouched down trying to keep to themselves. They, they really didn't want to, their time disturbed. And, 
and they didn't want this fellow to come around and start talking to them, but, you know, they did their best. But finally, this fellow, he, he, he saw them. He spied them. And before they could object to, to him stopping and talking to them, he, be, he just began to talk. He began to tell them a story. He said that when he was a child, he didn't go anywhere. He said, I didn't talk to anyone because my mother did not know who my father was and I had never had a father. And so everywhere that I would go, he said, the other kids would call him names and so he kept to himself. One night, a, a stranger invited him to a, a traveling tent revival that had come through the town. And the young man wanted to go, so, so he asked his mother, he said, he said, would it be okay? And she said, only if you slip in late and you leave early. That way no one will notice you. No one will say anything to you about being a boy without a father. And so that's just what he did. He did that each night, and he didn't have any trouble. But on the last night of the revival, he got so caught up in the message, he said, that he forgot to leave early. And, and when it was all over, he found himself face to face with the preacher. And the preacher looked down at him and said in a loud voice, Whose boy are you? And he said, I started to run. I started to run because I didn't know how to answer that question. But before I could get out of the reach of this traveling revival preacher, he, he, he grabbed a hold of my shoulder and he pulled me back towards him and he said, I know who you are. I know, I know who you are. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. And from that day on, the fellow said, I decided I would not let a person pass by that I didn't take time to speak to and to share the love of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that, he finally introduced himself. He extended his hand and he said, my name is Ben Cooper. I served these wonderful people of Tennessee for two terms as their governor. I hope you enjoy your stay. Friends, remember who you are and whose you are. Dream your dreams. Do your best. For we were dead, but we are alive again. We were lost but we have been found. And that's what we celebrate this day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.